Thank you. How are you all doing? The weather is so warm. I like it. And uh, I hope it will go on like this for another eight months. <laughs> uh, God is just so good. I like that song. So, so good to me. God is so, so kind to us. He's a loving father. I just, I just love that song. So, so good to us. God has been so good to us as a church. He will continue to be good to us. God is so good to you. And those of you who are doing your exams, God, you will see the goodness of the Lord as you write. God will be with you and bless you. Don't panic, don't stress, be bold and be confident. The Lord God is with you. Yes, so um, the last time I was here, I talked about passionate for discipleship. And I talked a bit about uh, passionate, about following Jesus and learning from him. So I want to continue. I'm so passionate about discipleship. I want to continue in one of the aspects that I discussed, that we, I talked about, um, <clears throat> which is, so let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Um, yeah, Matthew chapter 11, we might read a few Bible passages today, please, and I would like us to just uh, go there together. I remember 21 years ago when I came to this country and to this church, the only thing when you are asked to read your Bible is you just, you take a paper, you know, you hold it and then you read it. Now you've got it on your your phones, on iPad, on Kindle. Is it? Is the Bible on Kindle? Yeah. Okay. So God is so good. But let's just all read together. <laughs> okay. So I'll read verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. <clears throat> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my body is light. So it's, it's verse 29 that I want to speak about this evening. It says, take my yoke upon you, which is voluntary. Take it willingly. You, you, you have to take it. Following Jesus involves you not being forced to follow him. It's for you getting a revelation of what he did. He died on the cross for us to take your sins, to take your sickness. He died so that he could restore you back to the original purpose why he made us. And the Bible says he, he took us from the kingdom of darkness, like we were singing uh, this evening from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his own dear son, into the kingdom of light, he did that for us. He cleansed us with his blood from our dead conscience. Jesus is so good. That's why, you know, that's why we want to follow him. He showed us the way to the Father. So, 
It says, learn from me. So the next question is, what do you want me to learn from you? Isn't it? If somebody says, learn from me. So what are we going to learn? But before I move away from there, I saw a quiet scene for us to learn from Jesus. So if he says, learn from me. So he now says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Oh, it shows me two things. To learn from Jesus is from inside out. It's from the heart. And it says, the second thing, is about humility and gentleness. So when someone is saying, I'm following Jesus, I am I am made in his image and in his likeness. One of the first few things we want to see is, are you humble? Are you gentle? Because Jesus says, if you want to learn from me, 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 I am gentle and I am humble. I think many people would define um, being humble as um, thinking of yourself less, I hope I got it right, and not thinking less of yourself. <laughs> we are powerful. We are unique. We are chosen. Yes, that's who we are. But we don't have an exaggerated sense of our importance. We still humble ourselves. We still bring ourselves low in order to receive from him who is all powerful, who did everything for us. So we are not struggling by our power or by our might. So one of the things I discovered about following Jesus is how humble are you? Have you learned that? How gentle are you? It's very important and it's in the heart. So it's not when people are seeing me or they are not seeing me. So that that something is, is embedded, imprinted in my heart. So the other thing I was just looking at is, what is the other thing that we must learn from Jesus? John chapter 10 verse 30 says that I and the Father, Jesus was saying, I and the Father, we are one. That was so amazing to me. And Hebrews Chapter 1, verse 3. In fact, let's, let's read that. Let's read that. Let's read that. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm building into something. In fact, let's read from verse 1. I just like to, yeah, so that you can get the context. Hebrews 1, from verse 1 to 3, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, and the exact, that's what I wanted to say, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he provided purification for saints. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. 
So what do I want to bring out from here? Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Here it says, everything you want to learn about me is the exact representation of God. What does that mean? It's as if anything you learn from me is, is, is about the nature of God. It's about you being in our image and in our likeness. I, I, are you following me at all? Because I'm trying to trace what can we learn from Jesus. What can we learn from Jesus? I think Jesus is in a position. So when you check, you know, even our life, our faith is not religion. We are not religious people. But when you look at the all other religion, when you look at all the other religion, they can't say this. Their leaders can't say, I am the exact representation of God. So everything we want to see about Jesus, so if we are following Jesus, if we are learning from Jesus, it's, it appears to me as if we are learning the, 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 the character, the nature, things about God exactly. And that's what we said we want to become. Especially when you are reading uh, Philippians chapter 3, which we are going to look at later. So, the next thing I want to now talk about, I'm talking about a few things, is rather than saying, what are the so many things we can learn about Jesus? Because we can learn so many things from him. But I want to focus on his priority, the priority of Jesus. So that that could also become our priority. Are you still following me? So, what is the priority of Jesus that we can learn from? So, I didn't say the priorities of Jesus. It's like, what was Jesus' focus? What was his, his goal? What was his purpose? What was propelling him? What was energizing him? What was inspiring him? What was driving him? What kept him going? If can I learn from such a life, and would that keep me going? Would that keep driving me? Would that keep inspiring me? So that's why I didn't say the priorities of Jesus, because there are so many things about Jesus that the Bible even says. If they write everything Jesus did in a book, the whole world, can you imagine how big the whole world is? Even let's just say United Kingdom. The whole world will not contain such book. So there are so many things we can write about Jesus, but I want to focus on one. Is that okay? So if you hear me saying just one thing over and over and over again, it's just to shed more light so that we can go away wherever we are. Whether we are sleeping, whether we are talking, whether we are writing our exams, there is something that is driving our behavior. Is that Okay. So, let's go back to Genesis. You are very quiet on, on me this afternoon. I think a time should come when we should be having on-site meeting in the sun. Probably just go to the car park and we just enjoy. Yes, we do such things in Africa. <laughs> I remember I went to Nigeria with Richard the first time we went. We went to a remote village. 
the people actually got gathered under the tree. It was around 12 or 1. It was so sunny. I was just saying, Lord, have mercy on my brother Richard. <laughs> but it was, it was really good. It was really good. We should be, but we don't have trees around the, we are together. Sorry. Let's go on. Genesis chapter 2. You know the story of how God um, created the heavens and the earth? So I don't need to go there. But before I jump to chapter 2, if you just let me just take something from chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and also and on and on and on like that. So let's jump to chapter 2, verse 15. Then God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly, surely die. Wow. So when you look from Genesis, you will discover that actually, when God made man kind, he made him and her in his image and in his likeness to be like him. So what did he do after he created man? The Bible says he breathed onto the man. So it was the life of God that energized the man and the woman. Now, the second thing, the Bible says God commanded the man to take care of the garden, to work it and to care for it. And the Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man. It appears to me as if everything Adam and Eve did, it was a direct instruction from God. It was inside. What informed their lifestyle what informed what they did, what informed their attitude, everything they did was a direct result of, you can call it instruction, you can call it encouragement, you can call it command. So they received direct inspiration from God, who is the author of life. So every decision they took, it was inside before they acted outside. You will remember that after God created everything, God commanded them, told them that now the next decision I want you to take is to go and name all these animals. And when either Eve or Adam saw elephant, he just said, why well, you are too big? Okay, we'll call you elephant. So you will see that every decision they took it was a direct instruction from God. 
it appears to me as if what inspired them. In fact, Job 32, I think verse 6, 5 and 6 says, There is a spirit in a man, and the inspiration, the breath of the Lord God gives them understanding. So it appears as if what they were doing outwardly was based on what has been there inwardly. They didn't take any decision based on their senses or empirical evidences. Hmm, are you following me? Are you following me? So let's see what happened in chapter 3. Just, just, just follow me. Follow me. Chapter 3, that was when there was the fall. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from trees. In fact, the devil came and uh, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit, are you beginning to understand now? Before, they didn't make any decision. Their lifestyle, they were living based on what pleases God. It wasn't based on what their senses or what they saw. Hmm. Are you understanding that now? It wasn't based on facts, physical things. It was based on the invisible instruction that God gave them, their relationship, their intimacy with God. Now, they are taking decisions based, you know, many people say they ate fruit. Some people even said they ate apple. The Bible never said it was an apple. That, of course, they ate the fruit. But for me, it was the decision they made, they took, was based on external information, what they saw, what they hear. Are you following me? Because, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is because our attitude, our behavior, our character, our lifestyle should be informed by what God has told us, not what we see. Even for them to be walking, to have dominion, it was direct instruction from God. So you have dominion over all this. You, do you know that they didn't say, oh, everything that we saw now, I think we should have dominion over it. No. They took instruction from God. It was inside out, not outside in. Do you know this was what the devil did to Jesus? The Bible says he took him to a high place, and he showed him all the glory of the world. You know what he was doing? He wanted Jesus to base his decision based on external things rather than the instruction from God. Wow. And he said, I will give you everything if you bow down to me. And Jesus rebuked him. According to the word, internal instruction from God. 
So, you know, our intimacy with God, our fellowship with God, our relationship with God, that's why in the evening, God would just walk in the cool of the evening to come and fellowship with them. It was very important. How do we learn from Jesus? You know, it's about our intimacy. It's about putting a priority on hearing from God, on listening to him. So when Jesus was telling the disciples, you know the first thing he told them about prayer? He said, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Help me. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, not how you will feel. As we are, as it is done in heaven, information from there down. Not based on what we see externally, but based on what is in there. Wow. So how, what do we now learn from Jesus? So the first thing I want us to look at is... One of the things Jesus said, to, let's look at a few things before I round up. John chapter 5, verse 30. John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus said something there that was so powerful. Chapter 5, verse 30. It says, by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. Did you see Jesus? And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. <coughs> oh, I love this. Jesus says, I can of my own self do nothing. Even when I see things everywhere, it is as I hear. That was a priority for Jesus. What informed every of his decision is based on his relationship with God. He wanted to do the will of his father. It was inside out. It was not outside in. So that's why he could just take few bread and fish. Can you, if it was me, I would be thinking, calculating, just like Philip. I'll be calculating how much do we need in order to feed 5,000 people. <laughs> so, you know, when Jesus will pray, he will say, thank you, Lord God, because you always hear me. Ah. He has, just to bless the bread, he will say, thank you for always hearing me. He heard from the Father. So it was not based on either those few, you know, that boy's lunch. One of the things I believe we need to learn from Jesus is his relationship with God. The first priority of Jesus was to, was to do things, was to, was to hear what God was saying. Let's, let's read Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You notice that I'm just <laughs> saying one thing because I want you to just hear it from verse 5 to verse 10. It says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. 
with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. Wow. This thing about Jesus, I know, it may look simple. But I think this was what I saw about Jesus that was a priority to me. He said, God, anything you want me to do, I just came here to please you. There was a time the disciples went to buy food. And when they came, they were saying, have you, have you had anything to eat? He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Brothers and sisters, One of the things I've learned from Jesus is intimacy with God. Finding out what pleases God. You know, it's different from you saying, God, should I play the drum set? Does this please you? Then if he says, mm, and you don't know, say, okay, should I play the bass guitar? Does this, please, does this please you? And then later you go to the keyboard, should I play the keyboard? No, no, no. It's first of all sitting down. God, what do you want me to do? I want your will to be done. Direct me. I want to please you. What do you want me to do? That was what Jesus was conscious of doing the will of God. So if I ask you what you're doing now, have you asked God? In fact, John chapter 8, I think that's a good Bible passage for us to read. It is uh, probably one of the few Bible passages we're going to read before I close. And I would like to read Philippians 2, then we're going to close today. And we're going to pray together. John chapter 8. It's going to be very interesting. If we read from verse 21. Are we there? It says, once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. I was talking to all those, you know, far, you see, Pharisees and the Sadducees. This made the Jews ask, and the Jews, I mean, who are among them, when you read the previous verses, you will discover that they've been challenging him, the Pharisees and all those things, those people. But when Jesus now says, this made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. Are you beginning to see the difference? You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy and that I have heard from him. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world, 
did, are you beginning to see this from Jesus? Every time it's what I've heard from him, not actually what I want to do, not my agenda. So what was Jesus' lifestyle? What formed his character, his behavior? What was driving him? You'll see it from here. Even when people were arguing and when they didn't understand him, he said, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him inside out, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. Wow, this is so good. <laughs> so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I have he and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Oh, I want to come to a place where I say, Jesus, I just want to do what always pleases you. That was the priority for Jesus. He doesn't embark on any project if he knows that is not going to please God. So even if he's doing any project, he knows he's living to please God doing that project. So Adam and Eve, they know they are living to please God by have, having dominion over the birds, over the creeping things. They know they are living to please God by taking care of the, of the earth, of the ground. Why? Because they have taken that instruction from God. That was what was informing their, their decision. Whoa, what a value system. That is so great for us to learn from Jesus. Our prayer lives should change. You see, we would love to pray. That we are saying, God, you just worship him. You created me. You made me. You made me for a purpose. So, but I want to live to please you. What is that thing you are asking me to do to please you, Lord? That would be a fantastic prayer to pray. I always do what pleases him. Let me just finish with the passage. You see men like, like Paul, chapter 3 that you read. Verse 7. Philippians 3, 7. It says, but whatever, whatever, that should be our prayer. But whatever that will not allow me to get inspiration from you first. Any project that I'm doing that is not of you, Lord God, I want to count all those things as garbage. I want you to be the one that will drive my life. Anything I do, I want it to please you, Lord. That's what to learn from Jesus. Even when he was supposed to go and die, and he said, the flesh is weak. You know what he said? Even if this flesh is weak, <laughs> the spirit is willing. You know why? He was living from inside out, not outside him. Some Pharisees or Sadducees came one time to Jesus. And they said, look at your disciples. They are, I don't know whether they were so hungry that they forgot to wash their hands. <laughs> so, wow, we don't do this here. 
Look at your disciples just eating salad and rice and without washing their hands. And Jesus says, it is not what comes from outside that defiles a man. It's what proceeds from the heart. He was dealing with the heart issue. Being gentle and humble in heart. Let me finish that Bible passage so that we can pray. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I considered everything. That's how to pray. Whatever you are doing, whatever that is motivating you, if it is not from God, say, God, look at the prayer. What is more, I considered everything a loss. What is the reason? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. This is the kind of prayer these people will pray. They will say, I don't want to embark on any project that will not place Christ. Even if I've been embarking on projects, you know he was very zealous. When it comes to righteousness, he was faultless according to the law. He abandoned all those things for the surpassing greatness of just fellowshipping with him. You know, I don't have to pray to God. I don't have to be intimate with God. But I want to because I know he made me. He has a purpose and destiny for me. As a church, God has a purpose for us. And we are all in it together. That's why we are passionate about Jesus. That's why we are passionate about discipleship. Even what did he tell the disciples when he was going? He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded. <laughs> so what we are doing to the world out there is from inside out. Then you see the supernatural happening. Richard preached on, on the, the kingdom of God is in our midst today. That is what it's all about. We are just carrying him about one thing he did that was so remarkable. He was moving. Pardon? Oh, no, I don't want to take your preach. <laughs> but th th this is what I'm saying. So you get to your workplace. You know, you are not going to work just to earn your living. You are going to work because working, you are living to please God by going to work. What you are studying in the university now, you are studying it in order to please God, not yourself. That was what Jesus would do. See, I always do things that will please him. The way you talk to your wife, the way you talk to your husband, the way you talk to your friend, you are doing it in order to please God. So everything he was doing, he was doing it to please his Father in heaven. So let's, let, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray together. I want you to just pray for yourself. I want you to pray for yourself. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. That's the best thing. That's the first thing to seek. That was the priority of Jesus. It wasn't his own interest. He wasn't pursuing his agenda. He was driven inside out.
And that insight comes from God. It says, as I hear, so I judge. Let's pray that God will fill us with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit of God will give to us. Let's pray for ourselves that we will live a life worthy of the Lord that pleases him in every way. God, my agenda is to please you. Yes, Lord. Praying that you will bear fruit in every good work. You praying that you will grow in the knowledge of God and will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Thank you, Lord God, for today. That's our desire, to know you more. You created us for a purpose, just to live for you. This was what we saw in Jesus. One thing we saw with him is that he said he would not do anything until he sees you. Thank you because your word says you are with him. said, my father never leaves me. Thank you because you are with us. Thank you because you want to take us far. Because we know the way we will advance your kingdom is by listening to you, is by hearing you, is by doing it according to your will, knowing that we are the light of the world. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, for our fellowship, our relationship with you. We want to be intimate with you. We want to count everything lost. And how we would do it, Lord God, uh, let the Holy Spirit just help us in this area to be intimate with you. Things we need to leave aside, things we need to concentrate on so that we can place you in every way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Our relationship with you will be sweet, will be good, will be great from now on. Holy Spirit, just, just do your work. Strengthen us. Strengthen us so that we can know you more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>